Welcome to Mighty Filmmakers Podcast, where we're focusing on independent filmmaking, collaboration and skills development. If you want to share your film experiences, build new connections or learn the craft, join Mighty Filmmakers online platform. My name is Asadurs Kane. In this episode, let's talk about screenwriting. Scriptologist Alkin Emirali on Mighty Filmmakers. My screenwriting journey began at the age of 30. Um, I'd had a proper grown-up career where I wore a tie and suit to work every day. And um, I was miserable um, making money but doing very little else. And I figured out that what I needed was to be creative. Um, I didn't really know how, but I started writing a novel uh, wrote a couple of chapters, showed it to a friend um, who was doing news production at NFTS. This was way back in the late 90s. And um, he said, wow, you should write screenplays. This is really visual. And a light went off in my head. And three months later, I'd written my first screenplay. And... Um, that screenplay um, earned me a meeting with the UK Film Council where I met Robert Jones who had produced, subsequently produced uh, or previously produced um, Usual Suspects and I met with Dan McRae who was then the uh, Deputy Head of Development um, who's now the Head of Development for Studio Canal. So that was my, that's the first meeting I took in the film industry um, having written uh, my first script. They'd asked me how many drafts I was in. I said, what do you mean drafts? I didn't really, <laughs> I mean, I didn't really know anything really. Um, and I also assumed that everybody that sent a script to the UK Film Council was invited in for a meeting. Um, that wasn't the case. I think they were meeting, I don't know, one or 2% of people that sent scripts in. Um, so yeah, so that was the beginning. I got a meeting and um, Robert Jones was kind enough to... Um, introduced me to producers um, and um, also um, wrote a letter of endorsement for my application for the first short film that I wrote and directed um, that was part funded by Screen South. So that's kind of how I got in. I have to say it's quite an unusual story because to have this huge opportunity to meet those people so early uh, in your sort of career development is, is just amazing. Um, it, yeah, it was exciting. It was exciting to kind of have that opportunity early on. But um, and it was great to have that affirmation that actually maybe I could be a writer and director. But, you know, screenwriting is and directing is about um, being locked down and getting up and you have to be prepared to get up. And you know, here I am 19 years later, I'm still getting up and I'm still loving it and still doing it. Um, I think had I come to it straight out of university, I might have given up by now. But like I said, I had an alternative career and I had made quite a lot of money and I knew that that wasn't really fulfilling me. So, and what gets me up in the morning is to write and direct. So um, I'm, I'm still bashing away, you know. It is actually inspiring to hear uh, that you 
manage to change your life at the age of 30, which which is difficult because people kind of expect you to know what you want to do with your life. But I'm wondering, how did you end up with a title scriptologist? It's a bit tongue-in-cheek, really, but um, obviously I've set up um, Scriptology Brighton, which is screenwriting courses and screenwriting development and building a community around that. And I just really wanted a catchy name. Um, ology is the is, is learning or the study of something. And um, I wanted to elevate the study of screenwriting to an ology um, because um, I think people, by virtue of speaking English, feel it's that writing a screenplay is just something, as long as you write it in format, it's a screenplay. But there, there is a lot more to it than that. You know, there are conventions and principles at play um, and a technicality that you need to learn to write a great screenplay. Um, and so I just wanted to suggest that it was worthy of um, studying and, and there's a discipline involved in, in developing that, that craft. And I just think it's funny to call yourself head scriptologist. You know, I hope people don't take it too seriously. And uh, that actually leads me to my next question about recipe or structure. So like, I don't know, Snyder's Beat Sheet or three-act structure. Does it actually help or, or maybe hinder? Well, you know, there's the three-act structure. There's the seven-act structure. There's the nine-step uh, the, the nine structure. There's the 21-point structure. There are endless ways of breaking up a story. Okay, and for some people, um, structure is a useful way in. Um, I believe all good stories have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and that's as much as I need to know about structure. Um, and I think if you start with structure, it can be it can be very intimidating. You know, you know, there's people like Sidfield and and Truby and. Robert McKee, and, you know, they make a living by, um, you know, revealing these very intricate and complex ideas about screenwriting. And I'm not saying that those ideas don't have any value, but I think it can be incredibly intimidating. And I believe that all of us, screenwriters, directors, and, you know, just, you know, people that just love watching films and reading novels, we all know much more about narrative and narrative structure uh, than we think we know because we're, we're steeped in it with a narrative animal um, it's the you know narrative is how all our important ideas were spread through space and time before we could write uh, before there was the, the written word um, so I really believe um, a part of the way I teach screenwriting is to uncover what we already understand about narrative as a way of empowering people to feel like they can write without having to know mountains of technical complex information you make it sound very simple and I, and I really like it but i'm wondering where does kind of this idea come from uh where what, what is the background i've never studied screenwriting or directing um and most recently i was the uh, head of the third year at brighton film school where um, i was both the head of the year but i also taught screenwriting and directing and uh cinematography theory and editing theory um, I studied philosophy at university um, and I did a master's at Sussex which is why I still live in Brighton I guess and um, so I guess what philosophy teach teaches you is how to analyze um, and how to see things from different perspectives and how to engage with 
complex concepts. So um, I believe that if you want to be a writer director, you, by definition, you're going to be very self-driven. You're going to have a lot of initiative uh, um, and uh, a lot of resolve. So I, I kind of taught myself partly by, um, you know, reading books, um, but predominantly through the practice of trying to write and direct stuff. So yeah, I kind of I kind of fell into education, but with a background in philosophy, you're very systematic, breaking things down into its constituent parts. So I was able to unpack a lot of what I'd learned through the practice of you know writing and directing, um, which turned a lot of my learning into things that I could share with other people. I want to talk about fear of blank page. That's kind of a usual situation. You sit down, uh, you open your laptop or your notebook, and and then what? Well, for me, it begins with uh, an idea I can't shake, a story that I'm compelled to write. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time with this material, so you've really got to want to write this story. You don't want to kind of jump on something because you think it's cool or because you think it might have a market. Um, but not really be in love with with what you see as the potential of the story being. So, you know, you, you've got to you've got to really fall in love with the story and the or the idea, um, and everything kind of flows from that for me. As a as a screenwriter and director, you've got to recognise that the idea has to have some level of commerciality. It doesn't have to be, you know, Hollywood blockbuster big, but you know there needs to be a market for that for that idea. So I mean, we live in a great world where the global niche is a possibility because of the internet. So um, you know, much smaller films now have a place because you can build a global community around a film um, in a way that you couldn't have done even you know 15 years ago. So um, Nobody's going to put money into the project unless, you know, there's a, a, a recognizable market or unless the themes are big enough for it to possibly have a universal appeal. So otherwise you're an artist. In, in other words, you're writing just for yourself. Um, if you're a screenwriter and director, then you write with the recognition that there has to be an audience for the stuff you make or else you're just... just an artist or worse than that you're just indulging yourself very often at our networking events uh, screenwriters ask one very specific question how do i get an agent could you reveal the secret yeah well um, when i wrote my first screenplay back in 2000 um, because there was a lot of heat around the project i was picked up by um, icm which are were one of the biggest agencies in the world um, and when that screenplay didn't get turned into a film, uh, you know, they, they stopped calling me, right? Um, so uh, agents are really only going get, to get involved um, if they see financial potential in your work. So I would say you need some traction before you really chase an agent. Agents and producers often will follow the crowd. Okay, they will need somebody else to vouch for you before they'll vouch for you. Okay, they won't always trust their own judgment. They need to know that other people recognize your talent before they might recognize your talent. So you need that traction to, you know, to kind of get your foot in the door. And then there's the craft of writing that um, excellent agent's letter. And there's lots and lots of advice out there on 
in uh, in internet world on on how you write the great um, agent letter. Uh, screenwriting usually is a quite intimate process, so I'm wondering how do you know that what you do is financially viable and actually you are going the right direction? Well, I, I guess you've got to seek affirmation from other people. I mean, you, everybody has an instinct for this kind of thing, right? You, you kind of, you, you know, you get a sense of, yes, this is, this is a good project. But beyond that, you, you know, you need to kind of, um, you know, you need to test the idea out. With, you need to ask people. Would you go watch a film like this, or, or or pitch people the story and see how they respond? Um, and you know, if they're glazing over, um, <laughs> if you if you if you've pitched it to quite a few people and they're just glazing over, then you know, you, you know, you might be you know beating your head against a, a brick wall. Um, so yeah, you have to try it out. You have to you know kind of write a treatment and um, and push it out and, and and see if people respond to it. Write a good one pager. Um, um, you know, build a network of producers and directors if you're not already a director, talk to them about the project uh, and see if you can create some interest in it. One of the best ways of learning and development of or any kind of progression is feedback sessions, especially in filmmaking and screenwriting. But um, screenwriters uh, sometimes fear of sharing their work. Uh, how to overcome that? I guess there's two kinds of fear. There's fear that someone might steal your ideas. Um, and there's fear that um, you, your work's not very good and you might get criticised. <laughs> um, in terms of feature films, it's very unlikely that somebody's going to s- steal your idea because to write a feature film is going to take months and years. Uh, so it's unlikely that someone's going to try and steal your idea. So I wouldn't really worry too much about that. Obviously, you want, you want to do all the normal things like... Um, um, register your script with the Writers Guild of America or, or, or the British Writers Guild and send a copy of the script to yourself. Um, these these don't copyright the, the script. The copyright is in the writing of the script. But, you know, these will stand up in a court of law if, if you do get to that point. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about people stealing your ideas. It, it happens much less than you think. Um so in terms of worrying about having your ideas critiqued, just don't, I mean, you know, you've got to learn to kind of roll with the punches if you're a screenwriter. You've got to accept criticism and accept that criticism coming from the right people and from the right place will help you develop your screenplay. And the only screenplay that matters is the last one. And I value having lots and lots of feedback um, whether I agree with it or not, because it definitely uh, helps me develop my thinking about the story and helps me develop the the screenplay I'm trying to write. And sometimes that feedback can hurt. Um, my view is if you're getting notes from, from good people, uh, whether you agree or not, uh, if you're a professional, just listen and go, okay, I'll think about that. Make a note about it. And then, uh, but don't argue. Is There's no value in just going, no, no, you're wrong. Uh, then I'm, I mean, what I've learned, the more I write, the more I realize how flawed my judgment is as a writer, because sometimes my gut instinct when I get a certain thought or, or feedback is that note's rubbish. But if you're a serious professional writer, you know, live with the feedback, even if you disagree. And sometimes and sometimes you have to try the feedback, even if you disagree, because it comes from a producer or an investor or someone else who has a real stake in your project. And the number of times I've taken a note and in good faith tried it even though I didn't agree and then went ah oh, that's a really good note 
So recognize that as a writer, even if it's your own material, your judgment is flawed and it, it behoves you to try uh, and, uh, uh, and work with those notes and see where they take you. You can always go back to the previous draft or write another draft, but writing has a degree of experimentation and iteration in it. Um, writing is rewriting. It's a, it's, a, it's a cliche, but it's true. What is the best way for a screenwriter to present their work? I would say learn the craft of writing a really decent one-pager and writing a short treatment and a long treatment. A short treatment around five pages, which is the story told in prose, but in a very, what I call a, a cinematic prose way, which is creating pictures with words so people can see the story. Um, uh, and a one-pager would include things like the logline, the premise, uh, maybe comparative titles would be included in that to give people an idea of maybe the commerciality of the project, but also would give people an idea of maybe the um, the themes or tradition within which your story might exist. Um, and a short synopsis in there. Um, these are also really good documents to help you distill what your story's about. You know, um, it's really important that you know unequivocally the story that you're telling and what it's about to keep you on track when you're writing it. Uh, so, um, write, you know, put these documents together. Um, use the one page as the basis for a pitch. Um, pitching events are great to test out your material. You know, go to London Screenwriters Festival or, you know, go to Ammunition, uh, which is the Rain Dance pitching event, and, and just try a picture project out. Um, if you know uh, producers that are looking for material, get the material out to them. A long, let's say, long treatment and a one pager and maybe a short treatment. And uh, some producers will read unsolicited material, some won't. Um, but uh, look at look at the new producers that are coming out of NFTS or some of the um, the, the good undergraduate uh, film courses, um, because they'll definitely read unsolicited material. What if I decide to um, pitch for funding? I know that you had some experience with that. How did you approach it? Yeah, I, I got funded by Creative England a, a few years back, uh, and part of the process was um, uh, pitching in front of peers into the panel that were going to make the decision. And um, I was, I, I kind of, after my pitch, I pitched first because I was nervous. I thought I'd get it out of the way, then I can relax. Um, I pitched first and um, I'd spent, uh, you know, a long time rehearsing the pitch and, and getting it nice and tight. And um, after I'd heard the other pitches, I thought I was in a really good position uh, to get funded because uh, all the other pitches uh, in the room, I, I didn't know what the story was. They were pitching. Um, they pitched about theme and mood and image and all these wonderful things. But these are all kind of window dressing. A pitch, above all, has to tell the story of the film. You know, you make a choice as to whether you reveal the end or not. Um, you may or may not, depending on the story you're telling in a pitch. But absolutely, you have to tell the story. And anybody listening to that story has to unequivocally understand the story you're telling. If you don't do that, it's not a pitch. Um, and you're not going to get funded. So make sure both in your written documents and in your in your verbal pitches that you give primacy to concisely and clearly telling your story. That's what people are going to put money into. Everything else can be manipulated, but story is the backbone. I'm sure we all met a screenwriter who is struggling of explaining the story in a couple of sentences. Is it a good sign? If a screenwriter can't tell you the film they're writing, what it's about 
and what happens in the story quite concisely, then uh, d- don't touch it. If you're if you're a director or producer, don't touch it because um, um, there's no way they can get to a final point because they don't know where they're going. <laughs> it's as simple as that, right? So, in your opinion, what are the pillars of a great script? If you write a great ending, um, so much of the story can be forgiven. Great endings are very hard to write. Um, but yeah, spending your time as you when you develop your script, when you're writing your treatments or your beat sheets or what other tool, whatever other tools you use, make sure that you really nail the ending um, because you want to. The whole story needs to get to that point, and everything needs to serve that ending. So, writing a great ending is really important. How how do you do that? There's there's no you know there's no magic bullet. Um, um, but you want to get a lot of feedback on on your story and your ending, and you want as much clarity for yourself as to what the story is you're trying to tell. If you know the story you're trying to tell, then you, even before you've got the ending, you know what kind of ending it should be. I know you said there is no formula in uh, screenwriting or arts, I guess. Uh, but ignoring that, uh, what would be the first step? for aspiring filmmaker to make or aspiring screenwriter? I, I would say the very best thing an aspiring screenwriter can do is uh, learn the craft of writing a short film. Short films are arguably much harder to write than feature films. There's no wiggle room, okay? It's about, they'll really teach you the craft of great storytelling uh, and being concise and disciplined Uh, and if you can write a good short film, the chances are you can um, step up and write a, a feature film. So I would say really commit to learning the craft of writing a great short film. Write short films that are achievable to produce and then find a community of filmmakers. You know, uh, it's never been easier to make a film. You can even make a film with a an iPhone, right? Uh, it's about, you know, technology is no barrier anymore. So uh, find that community. If you're not a director, find a director to work with. Find a producer who is essentially the first fan for the project who's going to help create the physical environment to make that film happen. You know, find a cinematographer, find a great editor, find these heads of department and go out and make it for nothing. Just go and do it, you know. Um, you know, build your film family. Build, build family around the, the kind of work you, you want to uh, make. Because the screenplay is just a blueprint. It's about the film, right? Not the screenplay. I still want to dig a little bit deeper into your personal approach uh, in storytelling. So what is it you are looking for? What is it you do? Do you work on character profiles? Um, do you place them in a particular uh, setting? Or what is your personal approach? Um, what, what I do is I once I've found an idea that compels me, um, I I try and write the story without thinking about any notion of structure just just literally writing short uh synopses of the story it's about this guy who has this experience um and um is faced with this this obstacle um and figures out how to overcome the obstacle and becomes a different person as a consequence something like this so you know what, what i'm out like what i'm lying out there is you know that's kind of like the you know, the, the kind of uh, generic hero's journey, if you like. So um, what, I, what, I, what I try and do is just, just map out a story. Um, 
and kind of once I've mapped out a story, um, I'll continue to map out that story. I don't write character pro biogs. I I, try, I tend to find my characters en route. Um, I I kind of find my story through the process of writing um, lots and lots of treatments. Uh, in other, a treatment is just the telling of the story in prose. And they start off being short treatments and they develop and they end up being longer treatments. So, you know, 15, 20 pages long, uh, where each paragraph is essentially, you know, a key scene in, in, in the film. Um, some people take a more structural approach um, and, um, you know, they, 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 they might use a three-act structure or, a, or a, some other kind of a structure and literally go, okay, so the, the first act, what needs to be set up? Okay, so for me, I just call it beginning, middle and end. Other people call it three act structure. But so what needs to be set up? So the world needs to be set up. So the first thing you need to do is what's the world and who inhabits the world and who is this story about? So in answering those questions, you know, you, you've essentially got act one. Okay, act two is about and what happens. So act two is um, just at the end of act one, you know, there's, there's some call, some call to action. The thing that the film's about, we now know the world and we know the characters and we, we might know who the lead character is at this point. So the second act is about uh, some challenge that is posed or some call to action that uh, that the your protagonist is faced with. So the rest of act two is them trying to achieve that thing or overcome that thing or come to terms with something. Um, and there's what you call rising action during the towards the end of the second act which leads you to uh climax when some unequivocal thing happens which changes uh that person and uh changes their um not just changes their but in doing something in achieving something they're changed in some way and then uh that's achieved in some kind of a, a climactical moment ideally it should be something that happens rather than something that's said. Um, and then there's some resolution. We see that from here on in, things are different. That's a kind of a really general template of beginning, middle and end. And I would say that's as much as you need, really, in terms of structure to kind of, uh, you know, get yourself moving in terms of writing a, a three-act structure story. What I would say, however, is... Uh, Short films are rarely three-act structure. Often there's a conflation of the climax and the resolution in a short film. Um, and what I would say to um, aspiring writers is just really learn the, the craft of short films. You'll learn so much from it. It's, it's really hard to write a really good short film. It'll teach you loads about the craft. Um, and um, it will stop you making the mistake I made with my first short film, which was, you know, I made a mini feature film. Um, mini feature films aren't, they're not short films. And, and consequently, they're not very successful on the festival circuit. Recognize that they're a very different form. They have a very different anatomy. Learn that anatomy and it will stand you in amazing stead for stepping up to, to feature film writing. What are the most common mistakes? Writing mini feature films when they're writing short films, this is a very, very common mistake. Um, and not recognizing it as a different form. With feature films, I think one of the common mistakes is um, being too caught up in form and, and not interested enough in the story. So there'll often be films where there's not enough investment 
for the audience in the protagonist. Um, you know, the spectacular set piece scenes. Um, but um, none of that means anything if you don't care about the character's journey, right? So I see that a lot. I see people writing films which are about, you know, great plotting, very clever plotting or, you know, these incredible set piece scenes. But I just don't give a shit because I don't care about the character's journey. You have to ensure that the audience are going to invest in the character or characters that the story's about. That's really important. How do you craft your character to uh, to reach that engagement level? There's so many ways to create engagement with with um, the central character or your protagonist in your in your screenplay, um, and, and obviously there's no one way. It depends on the story you're telling. I mean, sometimes, I mean, if you think about um, you know films like uh, Goodfellas or, or, or Raging Bull or even Taxi, this all Scorsese movies, who I love. Um, often the 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 anti-heroes they're not necessarily people that you'd want to spend time with in the real world but there's an incredible fascination because they live in a parallel world or they're people that um that think in such different ways or operate in such a different way to your eye that um through the safety of the silver screen you want to you know there's a fascination you want to spend some time with them there's also a kind of vicarious sense in which you wish you could be that daring that you know you could be that uh you you could live you know on the other side of the law or on the other side of um, normality so that's a kind of um investment that we have because they're they're different but we still recognize ourselves in them vicariously wow wouldn't it be great if you could be like that you know if you could be brave enough to live like that sometimes it's it's an emotional link you know you you know you have a great empathy for a character because you can relate to their their condition or their experiences in life um i always say to people that you know film above all is an emotional medium um there needs to be great ideas in a film but people aren't going to watch your ideas your film for the great ideas they're going to watch it because they feel something you know they want to go on this journey with you and that has to be an emotional journey so um i i tend to want to create characters that um that you can relate to as audience that you can see yourself reflected in um you know good characters are often um archetypes that reflect so much of human experience that you you see yourself in them and if if lots of people can see themselves in your character then you know you've created an incredible character and, and people will you know go on that journey because of the character uh, actually rocky is a great case in point um by today's standards you would say that the first act is way too long because nothing much happens for the first hour and yet it's a it's a masterclass in how you develop or you create a relationship with a character um and it's so well rendered that uh it doesn't matter that it's an hour long you know before we get to the story we get to the point where he's going to have his you know his big fight with apollo creed you know we're, we're with him because of that hour which is so brilliantly rendered you know so um this is why i i kind of reject this um slavish um this this slavish kind of uh belief that a three-act structure with this page count for the first act and this page for the second count and this page count for the third act is the right way to go you know as soon as you fetishize any of these paradigms uh you know you're in a you're not really a screenwriter anymore you you know you're giving primacy to the technical and the mechanical over great story and great stories don't always fit into 
rigid paradigms. Uh, what films inspire you and maybe even inspire your work? What films inspire my work? There's so many films that I love, but I don't think I'm trying to make those films. So they don't necessarily inspire my work, but they're films I revisit because I learn something about the craft of screenwriting or directing from them. So I love uh, Scorsese's Taxi Driver. I watched that film so many times. I love anti-hero films. Um, the ending's just, um, that's a masterclass in how to write a great ending. Um, I love Paolo Sorrentino's um, The Consequences of Love, which was, I think, his first feature film, which I saw at the Duke of York's, and it was it was like a religious experience. He's such a consummate director. He made me feel things I didn't even have words for. I just thought it was genius. Uh, and his sensibilities are very, very uh, European. He's fearless. He takes his time on a shot. There's no rush. It's just beautiful. Uh, I love the assassination of Richard Nixon. I loved, I loved uh, um, her as well. I thought that was an amazing film. Looking back at your first project, uh, from the perspective of all the years of experience now, uh, what would you change? Um, well, me personally, I needed to learn some humility because because I, the first script I'd written had attracted interest. I, I just assumed I, I was a screenwriter. Um, I subsequently went back and learned my craft. Um, um, I really learned my craft through writing more work and, and, and engaging with uh, the script development process with, with humility um, and you know reading lots about the craft and, and really dissecting films. Um, um, I was a total tourist when I stepped out my first time. Um, I knew nothing about directing uh, on set, apart from what I'd read, which is very different from the practice of directing. Um, likewise, you know, I, I'd read a lot of stuff about writing, but um, uh, it's really different from the practice of writing. So I would say, if you want to, if you want to be a screenwriter, write screenplays. If you want to be a director, direct films. Um, th this is the only way to really learn the craft. Um, so I, I guess I would say to myself, um, be humble and recognize that, um, you, if you want to be a screenwriter or director, it's, it's an eternal learning journey. You never come to the end. You never develop mastery. You just get better. Um, you make mistakes, you just make different mistakes. And hopefully if your mistakes are based in practice, you don't make those mistakes again because they're poignant and they're memorable and they're per personal to you. So you end up accruing this kind of book of principles that you develop through the process of practice that you bring to your next project. You'll always make mistakes, you know, this is a given. I have a phrase which is, um, I serve my projects, the projects don't serve me. Um, and this is very, very important. Uh, you know, if it starts being about me indulging my ego as a writer or as a director, then I've, I'm, I've lost. Okay, it has to be about what's right for the project. And that often means, you know, you have to kill certain ideas because although you like them and you think they're brilliant, uh, if they don't really have a place in your story, then they don't, they haven't earned the right to exist. You have to kill them, right? Uh, so it can't be about, oh, I'm a writer, I'm a director, and, and therefore I just indulge myself. That's not the process. I think this is a good place to say thank you for joining me. Pleasure. But our conversation is not over. 
If you want to find out more about scriptology or discuss screenwriting, check out our show notes on mightyfilmmakers.com. See you there. And your subscription on iTunes will be appreciated.